Hey, hey, it's Coach Dr. Kim, and this is I've Been Thinking, Kim's Coaching. You are in the right place at the right time. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and visit www.kimregis.com to join the newsletter. And there's our faces, our beautiful faces. It's something to <laughs> on and focus on. And see, I'm telling you, I might have gotten this podcast thing down pat, but I'm still working on my live stream skills. We're going to work with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I didn't, I forgot actually we were being live. So it's fine though. I don't care. I, this is me El Natural. <laughs> You hear my uh, what I got like some Ella Fitzgerald voice going on this morning. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, you know, um, we just uh, on Sundays, this is what we do, so right. <laughs> I was like, well, if I'm gonna sound like this, maybe I'll try to put a little something on my face, it's all good. <laughs> what was it back at uh, WVKO? They used to have the midnight storm or something back in the day. Oh, yeah, I'm dating myself in uh, Columbus, Ohio. We had the uh, AM radio, WVKO, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, you still, do you still live here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember um, Power One Hundred Seven Point Five? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that one too. That was yep. that was a real that was a real big one. I used to remember like recording, jeez, um, uh, their songs because I couldn't have any secular music. Oh so yeah. I used to take. We used to have a boombox, and I used to record like in my room, and I used to put like. Um, blank tapes in there and be recorded and I remember like you know hurry up and put plus press stop so I didn't have to hear the dude's voice right <laughs> I know we used to make mixtapes on our little oh, yes. mixtapes mixtapes yes <laughs> yes and would have all and would have all the hits yes it's mm-hmm. so true. Those were yes. the days and they came out with CDs and messed it all up. Messed but you didn't it have all to um, up. I was just telling my daughter about that when the string would come out and you had to like get a pencil in there mm. to wind it back in. <laughs> yep. And then taking your fingers in there and trying to go like this, like to try to get it. <laughs> I was like, you don't know. You don't know how you got it nowadays. The, the struggles or I think about, you know, my 14 year old son who, you know, pretty much all their video game systems now are 
online. Yes. I remember like Nintendo and Atari, like if you get the cartridges and they get all dusty inside, we take them out and (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you know what? That is why our generation is so resilient because we like, yes. oh, be fine, just blow on it. Or like when you get a burnt piece of toast, you're like, oh, yeah, just scrape just it off. Scrape like, it off. You will <laughs> make it work. You're not throwing that away. Scrape that off. Scrape it off. <laughs> like, you fine. Like, <laughs> absolutely. We made it work out just we fine. Did. We did. <laughs> we did. Oh, my goodness. I did. Some of those things I haven't thought about in a long time. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, I think it's really apparent and glaring when you have these new generation kids that, what in the world? So I think it's always in my face because my son is 14. And I mean, by no means, my kids are, I feel like because I've kept them off of social media and we've kept them pretty guarded. Mm-hmm. It's a little better, but like, I will say that I still hear some things where I have to remind them Yeah, that, you know, there's a, there's a way to make it work still. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that actually is going to lead me to first backing up and asking you to give us like, you know, I would introduce yourself because you are a woman of many gifts and talents. And then answer the question, being, you know, as prominently known as your family is, how do you keep your kids off social media? (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. Um, Well, I'm Akia Red. I like to refer to myself as um, my kid's mom, my husband's girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my affectionate names, right? (laughs) Um, But like. In my other life, <laughs> that is secondary um, to being a girlfriend slash wife slash mommy. Um, I am an advocate for uh, mental health and in particular, just equity in um, how we are treated, but also, you know, just being able to talk about those things in these spaces, especially being a, a black woman. Um, and I'm an author. And I've written two books within the last four years or so. So I've been a little busy, just just a little bit busy. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, and my third one is coming out in May. So um, thank you. Thank you. So this one is really, um, not that the other ones weren't my passion project, but this one was really, uh, it's on a different level um, because it shows both heartache and growth. And, um, and, and I always love those books. Um, and so anyways, um, that's who I am. That's what I do on a daily basis. I've dedicated my life. I'm going to continue to fight the fight for myself and for other people, um, who struggle with mental health challenges. Um, and then as far as keeping my kids off social media, man, I mean, it wasn't easy at first. Um, I have a 14 year old, I have a 10 and a half year old and she's happened to be going on 30. Um, (laughs) so, you know, as all of us moms that have daughters, we understand that that's very normal. Um, 
<laughs> yes. Um, they tend to mature faster and yet that, and also that makes them think that they are grown. Um, and I have to remind her quite frequently that she is not grown. So she would love to be on social media. Um, my son used to want to be until we kind of gave him a little bit of rope. I forget. I think we had him, we let him go on Snapchat maybe last year just to kind of test the waters. And there were a couple of incidences where he, you know, just couldn't handle it. And so we uh, took him off and we've been, you know, exposing him to different studies and resources that, you know, I feel like when you're parenting boys, facts are always important. And so he's a statistic kind of person. He's a logical. And so that's how we keep him away because he knows the the facts. I mean, with all this stuff going on with Facebook right now, you know, yeah. um, the statistics that are coming out, um, you know, and, and so... Th- that's kind of the way. And with my daughter, I mean, she really, I mean, she's 10. So like, this is not even an option for her. We're just like, nope, close the discussion. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I was actually, I was on social media or LinkedIn yesterday and there was a mom posting a post about how her daughter was upset with her for not letting her go to a Megan Thee Stallion concert. And it was just interesting to see the adults articulate their differing opinions on her parenting choice. And the girl was not even a teenager yet. And, you know, I'm not, you know, parents should make parenting decisions. But it was interesting that what I thought was poignant was that people were condemning her. But oh I, but there were parents on there. I mean, there were people on there saying, um, "Did anyone notice the girl's not a teenager yet? Like she's actually not even adolescent, and maybe it just probably isn't the proper venue for her." <laughs> you know, so it was yeah. just like, yeah. And that parents can still make decisions that make their kids upset. Like it's still okay for your child not to like you all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh! Damn. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna like bow down. And that doesn't mean you're causing poor mental health. And I think I want. I mean, yes, say it. Yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah. Yes, boundaries are boundaries. Yeah, I mean, so oh my gosh. So here's the thing. Oh gosh, I'm so happy you brought this up. <laughs> I didn't know we were going here, but it just it it just it was natural. <laughs> okay, so here's here's my thing. Okay, I just had this conversation with a friend this week. Parents today, not all, but a lot of them are scared to parent. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some of it is based on wanting to be the kid's friend, not wanting to disappoint the kid. The other part of it is also based on causing poor mental health with all the statistics that we're learning all the information, this is that age where we're learning a lots of things that we didn't know before, that they're afraid that if they tell their kids no, or perpetually tell their kids no, that it's going to cause their child some kind of hurt or disappointment and it would they would be scarred for the rest of their life. No, ma'am, mm-hmm. that is not the case. And the issue that I, that I, that I see happening more predominantly now in this mental health space is that the catch-all phrase right now is trauma, anxiety, yeah. yeah, depression. That's not to take away 
from anybody who has those issues. I let me just start off by saying I am diagnosed with clinical depression, with clinical anxiety. I have the disorders. I am treated for that. I see a therapist. I take medication like it is a real thing. But not everybody has a clinical diagnosis. Right. And I think that parents and children alike need to understand that it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be sad. Yes. It's okay to be disappointed. Those are what we call normal human emotions and feelings. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Is what we've created with this whole fear of causing this scarring for life or whatever is this lack of resilience and everybody thinking like, oh, my God, you know, I'm always nervous for tests. Oh, now I have clinical anxiety. You may, but not necessarily. Right. And, And so that has always been my fear when I first started on this path is like when people catch on to this catch all phrase, it's just like a whirlwind that kind of just keeps going. So I feel like it's okay for kids to experience these things. I think that when you are experiencing these things on a daily basis with no end in sight, and it starts to affect you physically Mm -hmm. in your performance, that's when you need to consult a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter has um, OCD. And so she got a glimpse of what, that means because when people say, Ooh, I have OCD, I like everything neat and in order. She's like, Nope, child, you don't you don't have OCD. <laughs> and that and yeah, because yeah. she's been treated and like the intrusiveness of it where you're late to everything and you think people are gonna die if you don't do things this way and like how it can really control your life. She was like, uh-uh, you like to be neat. That's not OCD. <laughs> Like she's like, we have to be careful with the way we label stuff. Yeah. 110%. I mean, and that's, that is one of the things that we're tackling right now in mental health is part of removing the stigma Mm -hmm. is making sure that we say things correctly and we don't call things what they're not. We don't overuse terms because when we happen to overuse terms and what happens is is it becomes common. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I understand that, you know, I've been depressed enough in my life to understand that, yeah, there is some degree of sadness and depression. Um, but most of the time, you know, with depression, it's a numbness. Mm. It's a where you don't feel anything, yet you're still crying. Yeah. And it's debilitating de- because you can't get out of bed. You don't have the energy to shower, to bathe, to eat. You just, nothing matters at that point. It's almost like time you're watching life like go on in front of you and you're paralyzed. Um, So that is not being sad. Mm -hmm. Does that hinder recognition too? So like if you think, think, well, I'm not sad, I'm not depressed because you can't, I mean, someone might not know how to recognize that if they've been taught that depression is being sad, but that's, that's almost different than sad. Yeah, it is, you know, and there, there are many people right now because of this pandemic and because of all of the things that, you know, has presented themselves politically and just all Mm -hmm. kinds of, you know, 
buffoonery, honestly. <laughs> that's, that's real. And by no means, as my disclaimer, am I saying I'm on one side or the other, but it, on both sides, it's been a lot of buffoonery, okay? Yeah, Let's just yeah. be clear. All and I think that that's yeah. causing a lot of people to have these like situational moments of depression, situational moments of anxiety. And yeah, it's fair to, to, to get um, treated for those situational moments, but the difference between a diagnosis of um, like a clinical issue and a situational issue is that pending that the situation changes, your emotional state will change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, that's really the definitive line there. So mm-hmm. with me per se, there was not necessarily anything that was going awry in my life. So there was no situational issues. Of course, there are things that happen that obviously are exacerbated because I have the clinical stuff, but this is not, you know, something that if my life changed for whatever reason that I'm not going to have this issue. Right. And that's right. how you can tell, you know, um, it's, it, it is a fine line. And I, you know, I do want to circle back because before we even leave this topic, because you said something very um, important about the Megan Thee Stallion concert, you know, no disrespect to my sister. Like she's out there, she's, you know, trying to grind and make her money and do what she's got to do. I understand. Um, My personal belief. Okay. And this is not, you know, I, I'm not out preaching this, but My personal belief is that we um, have an obligation as parents to be gatekeepers of what our children take into their eyes and their ears. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, what they take into their eyes and their ears comes out of their mouth and in their behavior. Children's brains do not finish developing until they are 25, 26 years old, girls included, even though Mm -hmm. they may seem mature. So a lot of times what we see we try to emulate because we all want to be accepted. That's human behavior. We want to be accepted. We want to be liked. Well, Megan Thee Stallion has thousands of followers. Megan Thee Stallion is liked by so many. So why can't I do the same thing? Mm-hmm. And so it's very, um, it's, it's a very, you know, finicky line, you know, that you got to be careful because before your child's brain develops, before they actually find out who they are as people, you have to be so selective of what you allow them to be exposed to because they're very impressionable. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, that's my thing. It's not about her music and what I feel personally about her music and, and her as a person. I don't know her as a person. Yeah. True. Right. (laughs) I know what she presents as, Um, I will not even go there, you know, because that's not what this is about, but it's more about protecting our babies Mm -hmm. from stuff that they're not able to handle yet. And and putting a lot of our stuff on them. Like, why? I think we presume we got to remember we are we've made it through those things so far already. And some of us didn't do it well either. So let's stop pretending that. And so let's not project our stuff onto them before it's they're ready. They're not adults yet. Like don't why 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 do we need to do that? 
Right. And yes, exactly. And they're not, trust me, when I tell you parents, they're not going to be scarred for life if they don't go see Megan the Stallion. I'm not trying to downplay it. They're going to probably be really mad at you for a really long time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's okay. They'll be fine. Right. I mean, I've made my daughter mad. I think she might've been, she might've been as young as eight. I wish I remember how old she was. And I was so hurt that she was mad at me and, you know, young parenting Yes. And she looked at me and she said, Mom, these are my feelings. Like she got mad at me for co-opting her feelings. Yeah. She (laughs) said, these are my feelings. Can I have my feelings? (laughs) She was like, don't be codependent, basically, is what she said. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I mean, she's like, I'm upset. You can't be upset while I'm upset. I want to be upset alone. Love it. Love your daughter. I yeah, love I that. Like, okay. So that I was like, all right, that's true. Right. She has a right to be mad. They have a right to be mad. That's actually healthy. Yes. It's supposed to be. <laughs> yes. You know, one of the things, Kim, that I, that I just recently learned, um, cause I was, you know, I was working through, um, some things, um, in therapy and, um, just recently that have, have come up and, One of the things that my therapist said to me that I had never heard before was that she said, you know, I'm happy that you feel angry. Mm. I'm happy that you are pretty, excuse my French, pissed off Mm. because she said, anger is so much better than shame. Yes. And when you feel angry, shame is not possible. Mm-hmm. Because you actually are directing those emotions, those feelings where they belong instead of turning them inward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when she said that, it resonated so, so deeply with me because I am not used to sitting with anger. Yeah, yeah. And thinking that it's a good thing. You know, being a, a good Christian girl as I was, and, and I mean, I still am a, a believer. You know, I, I truly, truly am. I don't like to call myself a Christian because sometimes these Christians out here in these streets, man. They be acting up. They be acting up. That name, it, that name, I don't, that's why I just say, no, I'm a believer and a follower of Christ. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I can't do that. I can't get with that. But, um, but back then, you know, we we were taught, you know, be angry and or no, that's the Bible says be angry and sin not. But even though the Bible says that, for whatever reason, I was taught that being angry was not okay. Yeah, and that yeah. being angry was a sin, even though it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that be angry and sin not. It's about and the behavior that follows. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so. I, for so many years, turned anger inwardly, mm-hmm. which anger turned inwardly is shame. Yeah, yeah. And and that's and that's the scary part. So I do believe that when we um, try to mitigate the situation and mitigate our kids, you know, or control or manage our kids' anger, we are running a very risque. You know, towing a very risque line and we are, you know, kind of maybe helping contribute to them turning that inward on themselves because we have to have some place to put the emotion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's okay. To your point, I mean, I think we can't emphasize that enough. You know, let let our children, let ourselves be angry. Let us sit in that emotion. Yeah, learn, that's how you learn the process. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If someone's always rescuing you from it, you don't know what to do with it. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes and amen. I agree. <laughs> Um, so some of the things you have already um, alluded to, you know, you you were in therapy, which yeah. I hand claps to you. I am. <laughs> that's my jam. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, you, you talked about situational, you know, so. Yeah, I have had um, chronic depression, situational depression. So yeah, I, I flow in and out of therapy <laughs> quite frequently. Um, <laughs> and I'm I always am a strong advocate for that for everybody. My mom actually retired from the state um, psychiatric hospital. Mm. So I grew up just seeing people on the more severe end of the spectrum. Um, yeah. for mental health issues yeah so it wasn't as taboo in our house um because I knew about it but it was in a sense that when I thought of mental health concerns I thought schizophrenia yes. bipolar, you know like oh I don't want any of that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did know that it existed so that was helpful to me growing up and we would see people out on you know in public and she'd be like hey Bob and I'm like mom where you know Bob from <laughs> You know, <laughs> right, right. I'll be speaking to him. Right. And she didn't drive. So we would be in a taxi sometime and she'd be like, you know, hey, Sally. And I'm like, mom, she's like, yeah. oh, they, on their, they on their medicine. They fine. You know, <laughs> so it, it did like normalize it to the point that I learned to accept everybody like you know, some people have bad days and they have good days and Sally was driving the cab. So we was having a good day, you know? Yes, <laughs> so, yes, yes, exactly. So it made it less stigmatized in that sense. So I was fortunate, blessed to see her walk that journey. Um, but what other things do you do for self-care? Like how do you keep yourself balanced or integrated? I like to say integrated. Integrated. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, kudos to your mother. I mean, like, Thanks. you know, I, I, I thank her for her service because, um, it was you know, tough work. <laughs> I could, I could imagine, you know, it's, it's so interesting before I answer your question. It's so interesting that like, if, if, if I could do it all over again, you know, a lot of people think that I would go to school and be a therapist that actually like sits in the office and, you know, counsels people. And while I think that I would really be good at that, my interest is in like psychiatry mm. and the research side of it, mm-hmm. um, because I think in our communities, we're either over-medicated or under-medicated, over-treated, under-treated. And so I, I, I've, I struggle sometimes to see that balance um, in, in our community. And so mm-hmm. I would have loved to like research different treatment options. And you know, I'm just really a nerd like that into it. And, and that's how far I would have gone into it. So I really I just, man, commend your mom. And I'm happy that you didn't grow up with that stigma because it can be a really hard one to overcome when you need help. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. Um, and I think, you know, 
therapy obviously is a really big part of it. You know, when I would take, um, there are times that I've had to take a break because it's just been too much, you know, and, and there are also ebbs and flows where like I needed a little bit more. Um, but I think, you know, I'm very consistent with my medication. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I also, you know, dibble and dabble in like at, um, supplements that don't conflict with my medication. And um, so that also helps, you know, to naturally kind of just help my brain. Another really, really big thing is finding a type of movement or exercise that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I um, I do Pilates a few times a week um, and that just really helps me focus on nothing else but that because I have to get the the breath and all of that, um, walking, bike riding. Um, one of the things too, this summer, I took the summer off and cause I had just finished up, you know, was finishing up the manuscript and I said, okay, I'm done. Me and my kids, we traveled a lot and we got in the car, we did road trips, we flew places. And on those trips, you know, I started engaging in the concept of adult play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, when we would talk about these, these, these play times in in therapy, I would be like, honestly, I would be kind of weirded out because it was like a concept. I'm I'm like, I'm right there with you. I still, I'm working on that. (laughs) I was weirded. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like 40 years old. Like. You know, I'm like, you want me to get on the ground and play Barbie? Like what? You know, like that ship has sailed, right? <laughs> and, you know, fun fact, when a kid used to play Barbies, I used to reenact all my parents' arguments. So I don't, I mean, I guess that was therapy. I was doing therapy on myself. It was really, really brilliant of my brain, actually, to be right. able to, to, to work that out. Mm-hmm. Probably why I wasn't halfway. I mean, I probably, that's how I got through it all, probably. Right. Like, really. Um, I mean, but. You know, so I had to kind of like, kind of think about it in a different way. And Mm -hmm. for me, adult play looked like finding some things and trying some things that, that I would enjoy. So for me, adult play is playing tennis. Ooh, I love tennis. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, like I went and did like a, <clears throat> I actually haven't played in a few weeks, but I have, um, I do a one-on-one with an instructor like once a week and we do a hit lesson. Um, I'm, I'm getting better, but I'm not great, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, that's a form of adult play. Um, when I was on vacation with my kids this summer, like we hiked, we fished, we biked. Um, it just traveling, like getting in the car, like last weekend, my mom and my daughter um, and I, we went to Amish country and we spent the day Saturday in Amish country. Um, So just finding those little things. I joined a craft club where I signed up and I get a new craft every month. And um, I really enjoy doing it because it gets my mind like in that creative zone. So for me, those are the types of things that engage like childlike creativity. But that's what I mean when I say adult play. Mm -hmm. And that has been a game changer for me because I have found that with trauma, you can't talk trauma out. You can only like 
play it out. You can only do things to kind of help remove and release that from your body. And so at least that's what my therapist said. So she said that that's why I was having this natural inclination to like get out and do more and be more active. Um, so that has been a game changer. Um, so tennis, Pilates, uh, other adult play, travel, crafts. Um, and I mean, that's a lot, right? <laughs> so yeah, like- no, I love that because for me, I would convince myself that, you know, if I'm not working for my nine to five, but I'm doing something else, that that is downtime. But what that would look like is me working for my consulting business, but that's still work. That's not adult play. <laughs> right. But I, could, but I would convince myself and rationalize it. Well, it's not for my nine to five and it's after work hours. So that's, that's yeah. downtime, but I'm yeah. still working. <laughs> right, right. Your brain is your brain is still going. You gotta mm-hmm. carve out time if it's no more than like you know. I just started on Instagram a thirty for thirty one challenge where you know at, at the very least you know you get out in nature and you go walk for thirty minutes, rain or shine, like layer mm-hmm. up, put your coat on, get out there, um, and um, it's it's amazing, like you know what it does for you. Um, yeah, just the the oxygen from, from the plants Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would just encourage, you know, everyone to think of adult play differently. I don't think it is definitely, it's not like sitting down on the ground and, you know, playing, it's like actually finding the things that you absolutely would enjoy doing and, and actually, you know, taking the time to, to set aside that time and, and, and do that. Adult play is not going to get a manny and a petty. I just want to say that, like, like that is like, it is not giving yourself like a mask. It's that is not adult play. That is called hygiene. That yeah. is called. Like, I'm glad you called it out because you know somebody gonna pour girl, a glass of wine. Girl, and go put it- <laughs> because, because you know what? Let me tell you something, Kim. That's that right there. Not mm-hmm. that the people are lazy, but that is a lazy way of trying to think about it. What? What? See to tap into adult play and find the things that you enjoy, it requires walking on a path of self-discovery. Yes. And you cannot be lazy with that. And it causes you to step out of your comfort zone and try some Mm -hmm. things that you might not necessarily think that you would enjoy to actually find the sweet spot. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So there is a little bit of work involved, but the payoff is great. Oh my God, Kim. I mean, I, I am, I'm fortunate enough to be long enough in this entrepreneur lifestyle to be able to, you know, clock in when I want, you know, all of that with the exception of like, if I'm on somebody else's um, schedule or whatever, when I'm talking to them about the book or whatever the case, but I tell you traveling, I'm actually getting ready to go um, for a couple days. Like I can, I can honestly, I can feel it when my brain starts to get less creative mm. and I start to feel not completely like, but you right. know, kind of like that. Yeah. I know that's my brain telling me like, Oh, we need to go get some scheduled playtime in. I haven't played tennis in a few weeks. So I'm getting ready to I actually am, am going um, to do that this week. It starts back up. Um, but also I'm two weeks from now, I'm taking my kids on a short weekend 
uh, we got to go. I need a change of scenery. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, and um, so that's, that's, that's a big, big thing. And I think mm -hmm. we've got to do better about that and, and learn and tell ourselves, remind ourselves that it is not self-indulgent. Right. To indulge that's, ourselves. In and you know life. what comes to mind when you say it? I think what it triggered for me was a thought of shame or even because guilt is a type of shame, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're thinking I should be doing something else. Right. And I, yes. And you have to divorce yourself from the shoulds. Yeah. Cause it's that like, you know, I'm a grown up. I should be, you know, working on the bills or I should be whatever. Like, yeah, you're a grown up. Remember when you was a kid, you was like, when I'm a grown up, I get to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> That's what we thought it was like. <laughs> right. Well, right. for that moment in time, do what you want to do, figure it out. Right. What do you want to do? <laughs> right. And I think being very, you know, it's, it's so crazy. As much as people are glued to their phones these days, mm. it amazes me how people are like, there's no time. There's no time. There's no time. And I'm like, listen, get religious about mm. scheduling your time. Yeah. Yeah. On my phone right now, Mondays and Fridays. I like to ease into the week and ease out of the week. It's very rare that I will take any work stuff on those days. Why? Mm -hmm. Because Mondays is what I call housekeeping Monday. So that's when I like am doing a grocery shopping for the house. I'm kind of like trying to plan out the meals. Like there's a lot of stuff that I have to, that I have to do for my home. And so like I kind of, you know, the bills, like all that kind of stuff. Then Friday is my self-care like Friday day. So that's when like, you know, you'll find me like every other week I might like, I'll go get my nails, you know, filled in. I just, you know, I just got some fake nails. So nice. I like that color. I know we got mine done yesterday. <laughs> yes. So I just, I just bent and, and went and got these like a, like probably six weeks ago. And I, I love having them. So I'll do that every two weeks. But then on those all Fridays, like, it might be a time for me to go out to lunch with a girlfriend if they're available. If not, um, I don't, I just, I do what I want to do that day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there are moments where you just put those things on your calendar, mm -hmm. like put working out on your calendar. I don't care what, what workouts you do. You can go walk, you can go lift weights, you can do whatever you want, but schedule that time and be religious and be like, don't allow anything to get in the way yeah, of yeah. that time. Mm -hmm. Be that way, like how you would be for a doctor's appointment or a hair appointment or do that. You're, right. You are just like somebody else is dependent on you to come. You are dependent on you. You need mm -hmm. to show up for yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's it. You know, that's how I feel about that. Absolutely. Yes. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> Sorry, I like to talk a lot. No, it's perfect. <laughs> I love it. This is like, mm, and this is, I haven't even had coffee yet. And I am a morning coffee person, but I was like, I don't want to be all Look jittery. at me. Look, look, look. And I'm not trying <laughs> to advertise or nothing like that, but like, 
Be free be you. Yes. Be free be yes. you. This is my, this is my, when I drink out of this cup, I don't know. I feel very, very empowered, but I'm having my coffee right now. I was determined. I said, okay, I, I got to kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> I was like, I'll probably be jittery. So let me, um, I'll have it afterwards. Cause, um, <laughs> coffee on the empty stomach made me a little jittery. Oh so yeah, me, yeah. 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 I was yeah. like, I can't be all delightful and host like if I got the shakes. <laughs> Just being honest. I, listen, I I hear you. I, I my limit is one cup a day. Like in that time is sacred. Yeah, yeah. For real. <laughs> I will get up a whole half an hour to 45 minutes earlier just mm-hmm. so that I can have my coffee in peace. Oh, that's nice though. That's almost like what it's not quite like a tea meditation because they have you know you they have tea meditation, oh, yeah. but it's similar. Mm-hmm. Hey, anytime you find some peace in it, that's a good thing. That's it is, thing. and I mean this is peaceful, you know, talking to you, you know, because I feel like coffee makes me just feel more conversational, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and not like I have to, you know, have all these answers planned out. So. Right. Yep. And that's exactly how this is supposed to be. So I love it. I love it. Um, so I was wondering um, what type of resources do you recommend people use? Cause you know, like when you go on Google, not to call out Google, but everybody, I'm a Google person. I use Google more than anything. I mean, it is the one to go to, right? It is. What type of resources do you recommend people use for mental health information? Uh, NAMI is a great website. Okay. Um, They, um, I mean, I love the fact that they have like, you know, all types of articles. Um, This other one, uh, Quora, Digest. It's um, Q U O R A. Okay. <clears throat> they have all types of you know articles. Um, if you if you're searching for that type of resource and that type of information, um, but if you're looking for, you know, therapists, Nami has a great um, a great set of resources. Also. Um, you know, it's always helpful if you have like your own um, primary care. They always have, you know, um, recommendations for for therapists. Um, and if insurance is an issue and people are concerned about that, there's always, mm-hmm. um, you know, you call your insurance company. They'll have a list of people that you can try. And, you know, and the elephant in the room is like, OK, well, I want a therapist that looks like me. OK, well, then ask, you know, be very specific. And, you know, don't be afraid to ask your insurance company. Um, I need, you know, somebody of color um, that is a therapist. Um, And depending on depending on what the issue is that you're experiencing, it would depend on, you know, the type of credentialing you're looking for. But I feel like marriage and family therapists are really good for marriage and family stuff and, um you know, just maybe even how you individually fit into that dynamic, you know, like if your issues are kind of, you know, bleeding over into that, that's always helpful. Um, I, um, I I used to have one for a really long time until um, I was working on my eating disorder. And now I'm with somebody who specializes in that and, you know, anxiety. 
And then also, you know, all of it is cognitive behavioral therapy. But like if you have a local university like we do, Mm -hmm. um, as like a huge um, psychology department, um, Ohio State University. Yes. um, (laughs) They a lot of times like because they have student therapists and the students need hours, your case is being overseen a lot of times by two other therapists that are Mm -hmm. qualified and credentialed. Um, so, and it's not even that much money. I think you can like pay whatever you can pay. Yeah. Um, so that's also a resource, um, to, to, to check into, um, you know, I, my, my, uh, psychotherapist that I was going to, um, and then my psychiatrist is, is with Ohio state. And I would just say anybody who needs medicine or feels like they might, First of all, don't let it stigmatize you. Sometimes it does get worse before it gets better, but don't let that scare you um, because it once you find the right mix, it's it's game changing. Um, and I would find a psychiatrist um, mm-hmm. to, to help with that, to work alongside your therapist, because what I have found is primary care doctors can give you like a baseline. But if that doesn't work, they don't really know how to tweak because that's just not their expertise. So right. always when you're trying to go with like mental health medications, always look into a psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, there's dosing regimens and maximums and things that the primary care provider yes. will not typically go as high or combinations and things. It's just not their area. And right. And they'll tell you that themselves. So it's yes. no slight to them. It's just not what yes. they do. So. Yeah. You need somebody that's a little bit more specialized in pharmacology and, you know, how that, Mm -hmm. how that all works. You know, um, I will say that when I started working with a psychiatrist, you know, it, it was scary. Yeah. You know, because you're, for me, I was concerned that I was going to get diagnosed with something else that (laughs) I maybe didn't necessarily think I had. I mean, but that was not the case. I was nervous about nothing. I mean, I, was diagnosed correctly. Um, and you know, he found the perfect combination and Mm. was patient and knew how to titrate. And it was just, you know, it was, it was an amazing experience. And so I just would encourage anybody like, don't run away from something that could potentially change your life for the better. Right. And I feel compelled to say this too, and, I, and my daughter would be okay with it because she's a mental health advocate too. Um, her first medication she was on, it turned out to be the wrong one because mm-hmm. she had a horrible side effects from it, um, mental health side effects. Yeah. And it terrified us. And, but we did not let that turn us around. Yeah. We did. We tried other things, and she's she found her sweet spot, and she's doing really well now. Like we're just so blessed. But I said that to say, just because something doesn't work, doesn't mean you should throw in the towel. Because yes. we could have easily just said, you know what, all medicine is bad. We're going to give up. Yes. And yes. I think a lot of people do that, and then they yes. just say that nothing works. That's a bad idea. I knew it wasn't going to work, or whatever yeah. the story narrative mm-hmm. is, because it was yep. scary. Like, yeah, we thought we were going to take her to the emergency room mm-hmm. because you know she slept in my bed with me, and she's a teenager. Like, it was bad. Yeah, but living the way she was living was not okay. 
we can't we couldn't have like she has a whole life ahead of her. We that was not going to be okay. So we decided to get back in there and figure it out. And the, like we had a psychiatrist who told us this is yeah. possible. So we knew it could yeah. happen. And right. it did. And it was right. okay. We just said, let's rally again. We're going to try again. And now we've been going over two years and she's doing wonderful. So yes. don't throw in the towel because it doesn't go the way you wanted or thought it should go the first time. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. I mean, I think that anybody and everybody who's, you know, um, on mental health medications has that, that story at first. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like, as a mom, I easily, for a a flicker of a moment, I thought, oh, excuse my language. Hell no. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Because there are, you know, there are some that are wrong. There are some that are too Mm -hmm. high of a dose. I mean, you know, those medications, it's nothing to play with, you know? So you need someone who, you know, who understands. I, um, this last, this last go, um, this last breakdown that I that I had that you know I really talk about in my third book, um, it was really led by the depression more than anxiety, um, which my other ones have been more anxiety driven, um, and so this was the first time that I had ever been as low as I was, and the medicine I was, you know, when you come off of a medication. Sometimes if you've been on it and it's a really bad, like withdrawal thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was going through that and then trying to get used to something else. And so my brain really felt weird and didn't know what the heck was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a lot of side effects and and we had to play around and play around and play around. And, you know, it may have seemed like an eternity, but I would say all in all, the process probably took about like six weeks, six to Mm -hmm. eight weeks, you know, so it felt long, but when, yeah. you get, when you get to it and you, like you said, Kim, and you, you figure it out and you, you know, um, it's a game changer. Your daughter's yeah. thriving. I'm thriving. Like, yeah. It, do I have moments where I'm like, you know, man, I need, you know, to like do some other things to, yeah. I mean, it's not perfect. There's right. no perfect science. We're dealing with the human brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's amazing in there, right? By the way, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the things it does. Whew. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, but you know, I tell you what, I have never felt better in my life. Yes, amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, makes it all worth it. It does. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so Akia, as we, you know, we've talked about. <laughs> a lot like I love I know, it it's I know. so wonderful um, I want to um, summarize if yeah. you will by asking you of you know one kind of like the grand finale of a question mm-hmm. um, so you kind of you've said you talked about it really the whole time but if you could like boil it down to a, yeah. maybe a paragraph I'm not going to say a sentence because you're going to give me a paragraph you know I okay. talk about paragraphs honey <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it now. No, it's all right. I love it. Um, So in life, you know, what I, this is my, this is the coach Dr. Kim question. How do you stay present, open, and intentional? Hmm. I'm going to breathe on that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Breathing <laughs> is good for being present. <laughs> um, okay. I have to break it apart. So you're right. It is going to be a little bit of a paragraph or some sentence fragments uh, <laughs> as a, as a, as a writer. Yeah. Um, that's all right. I would never write it the way I'm about to say it, by the way. Um, present. What I've learned is that if I think too much about the future, mm. it spirals me into anxiety. And when I ruminate about the things in the past, it spirals me into a depression. Mm. So I really just try to um, breathe, take in the sights and sounds of what's around me, the smells, mm. and really try to ground myself like in in the moment. So just it's a it's a discipline, really. It's yeah. a discipline to like just keep your mind like focused on um where you are in time like mm -hmm. right now don't think about tomorrow don't even think about two hours from now you know one of the one of the habits that i've really um developed over the last year or two is my schedule on my phone is um it will take care of itself. So I've already, you know, put the necessary things in there. I've all, sometimes this has happened, but very rarely I've always made provision, already made provision. So I never look at my phone until I need to, when it, in terms of my schedule, mm -hmm. only look ahead. If somebody asks me, are you available on a certain day? And then I put it down. I never think about it again. Once I schedule it, it's scheduled. It's in there. Mm -hmm. I don't think about it again um, until the morning of when I'm having my coffee and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Mm. And that's been very helpful um, to not get so wrapped up into what is coming. Um, <clears throat> and I think, what was the other one? You said present. Open. Open. Um Realizing that life is full of experiences and all of those experiences aren't going to always be positive, mm -hmm. but that's a part of life. And that's what we call normal. That's the human yeah. experience. And so giving people space and grace, giving myself space and grace um, to be human um, and just not really taking it too seriously, yeah. managing my expectations. Cause I think when I think of being open, I think about a lot of times we have an, a tendency to be closed because of what's happened to us. So <laughs> yeah. we can't judge our, yeah, we can't judge, you know, um, our future based on our past. Like mm -hmm. it's good to learn from those things, but like, you know, you have to understand that those things happened in that season. You were at a different place and you had different people in your life. So, you know, just space and grace, space and grace. That's what I Ooh, always say to myself. That's one space of my favorite grace. sayings. I say, yes, yes. Space and grace. Mm. Yep. Grace for yourself, space for yourself, space for yourself to feel normal and to be and to sit. Grace for yourself because you're you were at a different place. And then what you give to yourself, you give to other people, too without mm -hmm. expecting, you know, too much. So being open, 
staying open, manage your expectations. And I think intentional, um, that just goes to say, like you said, what we talked about earlier about that adult play that I've been experiencing. I'm very intentional about, you know, my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I am my relationships also. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the way that I that I do that, that's also a discipline. And um, you just have to be really consistent about, you know, this is what I intend to do. This is the goal and this is what I'm going to do. And then you just don't let anything get in the way of that. You really have to value your time and yourself enough to just make it a discipline. And then before you know it, discipline turns into a desire. And then before you know it, desire will turn into a delight. Yeah. And so right now I'm at that place where my discipline has turned into a desire. So now I desire to be intentional. And I'm almost getting to the place of delight to where like, I can't live without it. Like I have to be intentional about everything um, in my life. So. Wow. That, that (laughs) I love that discipline turns into desire. Um, I needed to hear that. There's some things that I need to be I'm working on being more intentional about, and I need some more discipline about it. I'm going to have to, I'm going to keep that in my mind. Um, Yeah. And because you, all the things you share, I'm so humbled and honored that you decided and was welcome and open to being on the show today. So. um, Look, I appreciate you having me. I was looking forward to it. It was so funny, you know, speaking of not looking ahead, I got the email from you yesterday (laughs) and I was like oh I was like that's right and guess what it was already on my calendar and I knew that and so um you know it was it's just it's a pleasure to be able to talk to like-minded people and to have these conversations so thank you for giving me this opportunity thank you for what you do yeah you as well so I um again I'm so grateful and I had fun this morning, even without my coffee. <laughs> yes, I'm happy. I'm gonna get a cup right away. <laughs> so thank you, and enjoy your Sunday. And happy mental, um, happy mental, happy World Mental Health Day, everyone. Remember that. Yes. Spirit. Yes. All right. Because Bye, Kim. Bye, everybody. Bye. Let's see. In broadcast. There they go. To schedule a session with Kim, visit www.kimregis.com where you can learn more about her. You can also book a free life coaching consultation. Find the link to her book, Meeting Just Fine, A Life-Changing Encounter, available on Amazon.com. View her TED-style talk and download useful resources. Tune in next week for more I've Been Thinking, Kim's Coaching.